0: <laughs> Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. We are your hosts,
1: Danny and Sammy. And in today's episode, we have IVB Bikini Pro Phoebe Hagen. Um, I actually met Phoebe, I think, three years ago, two or three years ago, yeah. at a Mr. University competition. And it was her first competition, which she actually won. Yeah, that was amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually so shocked that I won with that package, I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember you looked completely different to what you look like now.
2: Yeah, like, I I think I remember I dieted for about four weeks. That's all. Because I randomly was like, let's just give this a go and see if I even enjoy it. And I dieted, like, cut all carbs um, for, like, four weeks. And then, yeah. And then I was like, okay, let's try and learn a little bit more about it now.
1: Um, Do you want to tell (laughs) us also a little bit about yourself?
2: Yes. So I have been into bodybuilding for three. So I've done three competitive seasons. This is my fourth year, um, going into 2019. I am also an online fitness coach, um, coaching bodybuilding prep bikini girls and lifestyle and i'm also a posing coach um and i actually quit my job my office job last year um to kind of do this bodybuilding thing like full time um and obviously online coaching and posing coaching full time and yeah like it's amazing like i would not change it for the world and i actually went into university in 2017 to do a business course and i quit the first year cuz i was like for bodybuilding pretty much which is mad um and my i remember my dad literally being like you are crazy like you're literally gonna quit a hobby like bodybuilding for university and i was like yep yeah. but um yeah so and i would never turn back now like it's honestly best decision of my life
0: So, so you, yeah. what would you say your motivation is and what got you into bodybuilding in the first place
2: well well, I'll answer, um, what kind of got me into bodybuilding was I was a cheerleader for eight years, which is random as hell. <laughs> but I, yeah, so that I've always had a very passion for being part of a team or part of some sort of sport. Um, And that's where kind of like my passion for sport grew was um cheerleading. I'd never, I'd done like dance and like basketball, football and that type of thing. But I never stuck in it. Um so i went on to cheerleading for eight years and i loved being part of a team and then my cheerleading facility was actually next to a gym that i still currently work at which was a bodybuilding gym and one day i just was like i want to get into the gym and i want to get into like personal training and doing all of that type of thing so i was like i'm gonna try and ask to see if i can have work experience there Um, and i just fell in love with like i remember looking at the pictures on the wall of like all these girls bodybuilding, all the guys bodybuilding, and I was like, "Wow, like that's insane!" And I was like, "I want to be a part of that." Um, and funny enough, two weeks later, I actually met my current boyfriend now, Max. That he um, went to that gym, and he just showed me the world of bodybuilding, and like showed me everything he know who he knew about, like about like Arnold's, um, about all the like great old school bodybuilders, all that type of thing. And he was the one that got me into it. Um, And I remember when I, this is when I was at uni as well. So, and there was a university based competition. And I was like, Matt said, go for it. Let's just literally do it. He coached me. He just cut all my carbs. um, And literally we did like an hour of cardio a day for like four weeks straight. Um, And it was the worst diet and the worst type of training in the world. But um, I just did it. And like, weirdly, I just fell in love with like, like the challenge, the challenge of actually doing it. Even though it was probably the worst I ever, it was like the challenge of actually doing it. Like that made me fall in love and like just want to pursue it so much more. Um, but yeah, that's how it kind of all started. And like four years later, here I am. Um, you've, got to,
0: you've got to love that aspect of it. Yeah, hundred percent. Love the struggle, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, like and I literally remember, I don't I don't even know. I if I was to add it up now because I didn't know anything about macros or any of that type of thing back then, I was probably on like just above a thousand calories. That like, would not even surprise me. Like it was like a stupid crash diet, but it I just fell in love with like the grind. Like I don't know what it's so weird. When I try and explain it to people, people are like, Do you not give up? And I'm like, No, like it's just I don't know how to explain it. It's just like this weird grind of like, it's just insane. Like, I love it. So that and that's where I kind of fell in love with it, and I love the passion and like the grind and everything. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. And also, um, how long did it take you to get from? Was that your first competition? So it was like three three years ago. It three yeah. Years so ago? that
2: was well, that was two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, March 2016, that was my first ever show. Um, so I think that's like four years like ago. Yeah, four years ago this year. Yeah,
1: so it took so. three years to get to pro level.
2: Yeah, so it it, it takes a long time. And I, I know people that have literally been grinding like four years um, and they still haven't got their pro card or like they've been grinding for years and only just got their pro card. Like it takes time, it really does.
1: Yeah, because the question we got was, how quick can you expect to progress? Um, I think it depends on quite a few things. You know, if you, like, obviously, like you said, that you quit your whole job and that whole life for this, so you were committed to it all the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, the difference kind of, like, how... I did. The thing is, I didn't expect... I remember doing maths and then going on to UKBFF and being like, I want to turn pro, and I thought it was a lot easier to turn pro, I thought, okay, maybe if you just win a show, you get your pro card. And that was not the case whatsoever. Um, and I remember going from obviously winning to coming like sixth or seventh place. And I was literally like, okay, this is where the work starts. Like, I like it's like going from such a high to such a low, so quick, you're like, okay, now this is where you grow. Like, this is where you kind of, the fire burns a little bit more to kind of like, right, I need to work harder now. Um so, like to kind of answer the question, it's hard because you you can't expect anything, especially with shows like you don't know who's gonna turn up in the day. I remember turning up and being like, I don't know any of these girls. I've never seen any of these girls in my life. Um and they all looked insane. And I remember actually it was um what's her name? Uh Abby from games for Girls. She won that show that I did. I remember doing that show with her. Um and yeah, I remember looking at her and being like, Wow, like I'm not near that level yeah and like it kind of like made me realize and be like right this is like I said this is where the hard work kind of starts now Um and yeah you can't expect to progress like so quickly because I think a lot of people what they expect is they think they can win one show and they then can just progress like straight away where the progression it does take time it takes so much time And the difference between amateur and pro, I've realised, is insane. Like, I've obviously it's it's taken up a lot of my like my life being kind of a pro. It's almost like a job being a pro because it's not just kind of your hobby anymore. It's like this is my profession. Like you're, it's like say like you're a runner or something like that. It's like that's they do. That's what they do. They get ready for the run that they're supposed to be running and stuff. you basically like an athlete. Oh, yeah, 100%. You're an athlete. And the thing is, a lot of people out of the bodybuilding world don't think, obviously, it is a sport or you are an athlete, but you are, like, especially bikini. Everyone always get, you get that stigma of you're not an athlete because, you know, it's, it's kind of like vanity. It's not like skill um, or anything like that, but it's still a lot of hard work um, and it still takes a lot of dedication.
0: And Phoebe, how would you say your training has changed since you were an amateur um, to now being pro? And how has, like, cardio changed as well? Because just to add to that, I remember when I first saw your first competition,
1: like, you you actually had... I think you almost, like, looked bigger. Yeah. 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 You had, like, way more muscle up top, I think.
2: Yeah. So, like, my training, like, totally changed. Like, from... From, well, from 2018 to now, like, my training has changed massively. And, um, like, from pro level, like, for the last few shows that I did as a pro last year, um, 2018, I was told by the judges numerous amounts of times, like, your upper body is, like, large. Like, it's larger than the other bikini girls. Like, you need to either slow it down or you need to build for another class, which I was no way gonna be able to build for another class, so obviously, you have to adapt to that. So, like the difference between the pro and the amateur stage, it's literally like, and well, the training-wise, you have to take in every little detail. So, like me, my shoulders were too big, so my training routine was like push pull legs, and that meaning I was like training upper body four times a week and lower body twice a week. So we literally cut it down to doing upper body one to two times a week. Like those are the types of things where it changed. Like now 2019 with my new coach I don't even train back which is the weirdest thing ever he said we don't need to build your upper body as much as it like it's developed enough you don't need to build it anymore and like we just kind of do like a whole upper body circuit one to two times a week and like my first session is like a heavy ish session but the second session he was like it's pump up like there's no we don't need to build it anymore um, because you're literally scraping it. When you,
1: um, pose, when you pose in Pro, you don't need to show your back, do you? you have No,
2: to- so, yeah, so the different, obviously, because you do, there's different, obviously, UK shows, um, so, obviously, there's PCA, where it's, like, quarter turns, you show off your back and um, stuff like that, but with IFBB Pro League, it's, like, you don't even show your back, which is, obviously, it's a bit weird, because, obviously, I like the whole, like, having definition in my back and, like, showing that off, because um, I think it looks so good, but obviously that's what, not that what they want to see. And the thing is, you could actually show your back in IFBB Pro League, but that's not what they're looking for anyway. Like they're looking at the glutes and the hamstrings. So, um, but yeah, training-wise, it's changed like massively. It looks you look at every little detail. Like we're focusing this year. He was like your hamstrings aren't like lean enough in your other shows, so we're hitting hamstrings like three to four times a week. <laughs> Yeah. um so it's little things like that like it literally could be like you came second in your pro show because your shoulders were too big that's the difference like if my shoulders were smaller or less pumped i could win do you know what i mean it's like those tiny details all take into consideration
0: do you, be, do you kind of do you ever like miss training the way you used to kind of thing or... i
2: mean i do like the thing is i still push heavy like i i last year i trained lower body like two to three times a week this time obviously I train lower body for like three to four times a week um and upper body less um the thing is I do miss it like I do miss training like hard and heavy because you guys you both we're both all the exact same way we train we all train like hard and heavy and like we just like feeling strong um and yeah it does suck a little bit that I have to kind of calm that down on my upper body a little bit but at the same time my mindset's changed to I will do anything within my morals to go to the Olympia. So if I need to not train back and I not need to train upper body as much, I will do that to go to the Olympia type thing. Like mindset wise, like if I, if I, if someone told me last year, like not to train back or not to train shoulders as hard, I'd be like, no, but like, I don't know what it is. It's like a switch. It's like, I was so close to the Olympia last year. Um, And if I, it's weird and you don't want to second guess yourself and be like, oh, if I'd done this, if I'd done that, I would have been going. But like, I know everything happens for a reason, but it's like, if I was implementing what I did now back then, I could have gone to the Olympia, but like, I don't want to look at stuff like that. But yeah, I definitely miss training like hard and heavy, like back and shoulders. I still train um, upper body at least one to two times. uh, Yeah. One to two times a week, Um, but just not as hard, which is a little bit like sad, but um it's needed and i need to like it's weird because my competition is like so like so so much higher now
1: yeah definitely and also um i was talking when i was talking with you the other week um you said that you're starting to do a lot more hit training as opposed to yes um, yes yeah, so, so uh, would you mind telling us a bit about that
2: yeah, so, well, Adam, he says, so obviously I've switched to a new coach, um, Adam from Tumulet Physique. Uh, he's a, a coach in America. And I'm actually going to see him in like two and a half weeks, which is going to be quite cool. Um, and yeah, he, he switched up my training because he wanted, well, my cardio because he wanted me to, he's kind of, He's always been a big lover of like hit training more than steady state. He feels that like you can get a lot more done within like a 20, 20 to 25 minute hit cardio session than like, 40 minutes of just steady state. Um, and I actually kind of like at first I didn't agree because I was kind of like, it's not like I thought it would burn muscle, but I feel like sometimes when you're on that low calories and you're pushing that hard in like cardio and stuff, like HIIT training, it can start to kind of eat away at muscle. But I found that I'm getting a lot leaner, but I'm retaining my muscle. Like, so again, it's just, it's different um, for me, cause I'm not used to doing hit training. Last year, obviously I did sprints and stuff, but not like my, all of my cardio was hit. Um, so yeah, it is different. But like, if you look at people like Ashley Coltswater, like she, all of her cardio is hit and it's not like she is tiny, like she's tiny, but she's still got a lot of muscle on her. Like, so it's not like, I think people get the stigma obviously of like hit training kind of like eats away at muscle and stuff but i don't think it does as much as they I mean, think though when
1: you, when you look at athletes and you look at endurance runners versus sprinters like sprinters,
0: yeah have that muscular look mm, so mm-hmm. a bit leaner. The only yeah exactly thing I would be hesitant about with um hip cardio is my leg training the coming yeah. sort of thing I would yeah. Feel almost like, maybe partly psychological, but I'd feel partly like that was going to have an impact on
2: my leg training. Uh, yeah. So, training, so sometimes it, like, now at the moment it doesn't, but probably throughout, like, when I'm leaner and, like, um, smaller, it might take an impact on my joints. Uh, it might take an impact on, like, training and stuff, and I'm, like, it will fatigue me more. Um, but I think... Again, like if you, I look at um, Ashley's uh, training at the moment, and she's taken. She took out HIIT cardio at like five weeks out, I think, because she was lean already, so she didn't need to push that hard. So I think what he's doing is obviously hit tri- putting in hit training now um, to get me leaner a little bit quicker, and then once I'm kind of there, then he can like then slowly implement it out, which is quite, which is obviously different. But it's I'm I'm willing to take the change,
0: and that makes sense because like I would probably find it would impact my resistance training if i was like mm. literally stage lean and doing mm. HIIT cardio and then doing yeah the day after. and i think it's also important for people to bear in mind that like you've already built a really good amount of muscle tissue so the yeah. way you now like a beginner might not want to train that way but oh yeah this way because you've got the stage where you're at and now you're working on what you need to work on yeah. Um, but yeah. any beginners listening to this like just bear in mind phoebe has already spent years yeah. training she's
2: already a yeah. foundation and now you're working on different goals sort of thing yeah 100% like a lot of so l- recently i kind of said about my um my off season as in like how my like how different um my weight was last year to this year and a lot i've got a lot of questions like how did you do that do that and i was like it's literally taken me three years to control my off season as much as I did but the reason we controlled it so much was because I didn't need to grow as much like and you'll get to that point especially with bikini you'll get to that point where you think okay I don't actually need an off season to build I just need an off season to maintain recharge and come back again do you know what I mean and I'm now at that point. And there's a lot of people that it take a long time to get at that point. And I got a lot of conflicting things like, oh, but you need to put on muscle. And I'm like, yes, you do. But I'm at that point where I don't need to right now. So, like, I'm maintaining, recharging, and then coming back. Yes. Um, and a lot of people were like, well, you need to build and you need to put on weight after. And I was like, yes, you do. But once you get to my stage, like, you'll you'll get it. It's, it's, it's hard to kind of understand at the first. Um, and off-season, like, like everyone probably knows off-season is probably the most mentally, like, draining and, like, tough thing to go through because you don't have that control or that end date anymore. Um, so, like, it was, it's still tough, like, me saying no to things in an off-season. But, like, again, it's just you having to kind of control it and be, like, looking at the end goal um, and things like that.
1: Yeah. And Phoebe, when it comes to pro shows uh, versus amateur shows, obviously in the pro league, everyone looks so good and the difference is like so small between everyone. Mm -hmm. So the judges start looking for like the fine details. So do you mind telling us a bit about um, how the judging is different in the pro league compared to the amateur league?
0: Yeah, so um,
2: yeah, the difference between amateur and pro, I would say like, overall obviously amateurs you still have to work hard like you do have to work really really hard but at the same time it's hard it's hard to explain like there's the tiny like tiny little details like on stage my last couple of shows my bikini wasn't the right color i went for that color and it didn't fit my skin tone as well as my previous one i went for like a darker color um, and I should have gone for a little bit of a lighter color that made me pop a little bit more. Um, and the judges kind of noticed that and was like, you need to have something that kind of makes you pop. So the thing is, that, like all the pros in top five, like, like they will be looking for the tiniest details. So say if like fifth and sixth or fourth, uh, fifth and fourth were like her glute fifth was, her glutes were better, but fourth, she had the best, like overall look. She's going to come over fifth place if that makes sense like it's all those tiny little details that make that count like even I think my last show I was gonna get longer hair to cover more of my lower back because my lower back my hair's about halfway through on my back so my lower back will be showing um and my last two shows they said my glutes were too overpowering because my lower back was on show whereas everyone else in top five their lower backs aren't on show so like it sounds so much to take in as an amateur, but when you get to that level of pro, then you t- cause you're already at that level and you are that good enough, you take those small details in and you fine tune them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like this year, obviously getting longer hair to cover less of my back. So then only my glutes are on show, so it's less skin showing. Um, so it makes my glutes not look as big as everyone else's. And especially it's like, if you have shorter hair, not covering kind of like that area, and then everyone else has longer hair you're kind of the one that sticks out so it's kind of like you don't obviously you don't want to look like everyone else um, but they're only looking at your glutes and hamstrings so like what's the point kind of like your lower back being on show do you know what i mean like it's it's silly things like that that come into play it's like my shoulders so and the show that i i needed to come first at and i was one point away from um, they said my, my shoulders were too like that just too much and that one, one judge put me a second because of that like just little things like that and I pumped up my shoulders like too much backstage I remember we were delayed a little bit so I was kept on pumping up and pumping up um because I didn't want to be flat um, and my shoulders were just too big on stage um, so like it's generally those tiny little things like oh your shoulders just looked a little too big so we put you seconds um, which is mad it's mad to think of it like that but it also makes you like a stronger person and like think okay right what can I really fine-tune now and like look at every single detail. Um so yeah, it, it it is like the difference between amateur and pro, it's like it's like a big step. Um and I don't think a lot of people realise how big of a step it is, but once you're there, it's it's weird, it's surreal. It is surreal because you're like against like the best like Ash Ashley Coltswater and like um Angelica and all of that. Like it's it's crazy. Um, but it is so worth it. Like it's so worth the grind.
0: Yeah, definitely. Do a lot of the girls in the pro league have, um, breast argumentations and what is your opinion on them? Do you think it's like necessary sort of thing?
2: So it's difficult because I've had such a, like, I've had so many messages about this beforehand. Like, cause I, it sounds weird, but I, it looks, a lot of people said, have I had them done? Because, um, because my bikini is so stuffed out everyone's like have you actually got breasts um enlargements and i'm like nope it's literally just my bikini but it's difficult because there's so many people that get their breasts done um for bikini um competitions because of obviously like obviously breast tissue is like mostly fat so when you're dieting and you're dieting that hard like it's gonna go down so a lot of girls do lose their boobs um, quite a lot, so they feel insecure. So they want to get a breast enlargement, which I totally get. But then some people do literally get a breast enlargement because they think they have to, which I don't think is right. Um, if you generally feel insecure about your boobs and you're like they are smaller and you feel like not womanly, because that's the worst thing—not feeling like womanly on stage or anything like that, or not even on stage, just in general. Then yeah, I would say like you it's your opinion you can go and get one but i would i don't think you definitely don't need one for stage like i don't have mine done i just stuff one out with teddy bear stuffing like just to make them look a little bit bigger but again going back to the fine small details like if it's it, i don't i'd hope it would wouldn't come down to this if it was like a second and first place situation but if if your boobs were really really small In a bikini and they didn't look as appealing as someone that had breast enlargements then like maybe that might be a first and second place like kind of tiebreaker but i i would hope to think that it's not that like even if you had smaller breasts like your body and your body was better you would still come first like do you know i mean it's a hard one because a lot uh, i don't know it's very difficult because obviously top in the world they all have breast enlargement so everyone thinks oh yeah i have to have a breast enlargement as well but you definitely don't i don't think you have to at all um unless you are insecure and you feel like i want one then fair enough but i feel like definitely don't get one just because people other people have one
1: i think sometimes it could potentially give you a bit more like balance between
2: the top and- yeah yeah that's what that's what I mean is in like it, overall like overall presentation of what like what you look like it like it looks better not as in like breasts but I think overall the look if they were really flat-chested like and it, it's it's hard to say it's really hard to say and I would hope it wouldn't come down to something like that but I wouldn't be surprised if it came to something like that. Yeah,
1: and I think it just also comes down to just choosing the right bikini for yourself. So yeah, um, guys who are listening, like when you choose your bikini, you need to be smart because like different shapes might flatter people differently. I know in the pro league though, you have to have a specific triangle shape. Well, you don't actually
2: have to. So there's no rule. Like there's a, for some reason some people have picked up this kind of stigma of you have to have connectors for IFBB pro, you have to have a triangle bikini, but you don't have to have. Like there's no rules. It's the same with posing. There's no rule as to having your back covered with hair, and there's no rule to like having like connectors or like um, uh, like a triangle bikini or anything like that. It's it's all kind of stick like come about from all the top people wearing connectors and triangles um, and stuff like that and triangle bikinis actually fit um, small breasts women a little bit better than a round cup um, which is what I found I always go for a triangle cup bikini because it fits me better Um, but yeah it it depends I, it just depends, and I think you just need to make sure you get the right bikini like you said you need to get the right bikini that fits you, and there's loads of different companies out there um at the moment there's spock bikini, there's black ice bikini there's like there's so many um at the moment
0: but yeah, the judges at the top do seem to prefer a triangle bikini which yeah they like yeah I've never seen anyone at the top with a like round cup
2: oh no no, 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 that's the thing it like there's no rule about it but there's always the top people that are wearing so that's why I think that's why the kind of stigmas picked up is in like the top people are wearing connectors and triangle cuts so I have to wear triangle and like connectors as well so but yeah I, I
0: preferred my two gross bikini I
2: think yeah I did. Do, do you know what's saying because I find it weird when I was in doing UKBFF and having like the Russian cut I, I was like I don't I can't imagine myself going into a connector. But I actually prefer it so much more. It gives me more shape and looks like a little bit nicer on me. Um, But yeah, that's just my opinion.